0: Today's conversation is with Israel Picker, and this is the Talented Human
1: Podcast. Gary Vee tweeted on Twitter saying, hey, I really need help I can Please these they end up offering me a job to work as a YouTube analyst on Team Gary you are in control of you. What you learn really is Focusing on reflection for the past couple of years, it's really incredible because you're able to see that in your own You have know what you want, though. For me, I was going to that because I was just afraid to the past right now is because I was wondering. I don't need you in I totally need I that. Like are you Are you interested that. in it? Are you passionate about it? Are you excited about it? Have you explored yourself enough to know? Is entrepreneurship something you're out for?
0: Israel Picker is a social worker, therapist, and a child sex abuse prevention advocate living in Israel at the moment, and uh, he's originally from uh, Brooklyn, New York, go Brooklyn, and um, uh, it's it's such a pleasure for me to have him on the show because I've been meaning to talk to very, very different people on this second season um, about other things that can affect our mental health other different aspects that can um, you know challenge talented people and talented humans as they grow and try to develop and find their purpose. Uh, there is so many things uh, that can affect us online and in the have you know that we have to be careful um, as we as we deal with everything that we have to deal with as we grow and um, it's the reason why Israel is on the show today. his work, uh focuses a lot on working with um children and parents to to prevent and to help them understand you know the dangers that are out there um you know especially in the world of social media that we live in today so israel is such a pleasure to have you on the show so welcome
1: thank you very much jay pleasure to be here
0: awesome awesome i am i'm super excited i'm i'm actually cool that i'm talking to someone that's than israel um um um, because I've never really talked to someone from there before. And I mean, I'm, you know, you get to meet a lot of people in New York from, from there, but, you know, um, someone living there is uh, it's actually kind of cool. My friends, uh, or a recent friend that I made on, on a train ride from, from Istanbul to, to Bucharest, uh, just went to spend a month and a half in Israel and he's oh, wow. a German. So, uh, <laughs> but he wanted to understand the culture and it's like it's fascinating that you know the way that they decided to do the trip um it's two two young guys from uh, from Germany about 20 years old and um they just you know uh wanted to understand the uh the Jewish culture better um uh, for their growth and development and so they decided to go and spend a month and a half in in Israel so oh, well wow. yeah that was uh that was like uh it's one of those things that you know gives you hope in a way um yeah. because like i feel like um young people today are more inclusive and more um more more boundless from borders and and country divisions and political bullshit if you want to call it something so <laughs> uh which i think all politics are but um Whether you lean one way or another, I think at the end of the day, it's all about being a better human being every day. So, welcome to the show. Um, I want to dive into, you know, you um, kind of give uh, the audience a little bit about your background. I I mean, I know we discussed it already um, in a way, but um, just uh, for the audience to listen.
1: Okay, fair enough. So, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. At 18, I came to Israel and I fell in love with it. A uh, few years later, I started working on my master's in social work. And at the same time, I was learning a special technique in tutoring known as instrumental enrichment, which is the theory that the IQ is a flood indicator. A person is not limited by their IQ. And that if you get a person to recognize how they think, you can find the deficiencies they have, either in how they input information, how they process the information, or how they output their conclusion. And when you find a deficiency, you can work with the client on fixing it or managing it and help increase functioning. So if a person is impulsive, you get them to hold back and recalculate and reevaluate things before they put out an answer. If the person is well thought out, but it's not able to adapt to change when some of the but when the factors change, when the situation changes outside of their planning. So then you get them to recognize that they're not good at adapt adapting. And you come up with plans of how they how and when they should adapt and reevaluate. And working with enough kids in this level, um with this practice I should say, has gotten me to realize that there's a tremendous disconnect between parents and child. What the parent says, and what the parent, what the child hears, what the, where the child is holding, where the parent thinks the child is holding, what the child needs and what the parent is providing. And I started writing and speaking to parents on this to better educate them in general as to how to parent better because of where their child is holding. I want a specific area where I realized that there was a tremendous gap between what the parents think and what the child is living is in the area of child sex abuse prevention. There is a tremendous amount that parents assume, a tremendous amount impar- that parents are afraid of. And there are so many things that the parents don't even approach to their child that they're just oblivious. And the, the child is just left on their own. And I started writing about two years ago. I, I speak on it as well publicly what a child what a parent needs to know what they need to do because unfortunately the abusers very often are master manipulators and if you're expecting a child whether the child be eight whether the child be 14 15 to be able to conquer a master manipulator you are very wrong and the onus is really on the parents and society to recognize the signs Recognize the behaviors and step in, even if it's going to make you look like the bad parent, because the person is showering the child with gifts or attention, but the end game is very, very dark and dangerous and you're going to need to step in and you need to educate yourself and educate your child
0: you know cool. i um i agree with you 100% like as as we talked about before um <clears throat> you know the even at, a, at, a, at a, a you know at 18 19 you're you're still you know your brain still developing like all the way to 25 we're very impressionable people um yeah. and i think young people seek validation um from others because they're trying to understand and and figure out themselves out. Like that's the part that we, that we tend to forget, like, as, as especially when you're a teenager, pretty much everything that we do as teenagers is a cry for help in a way. It's like, okay, this is who I am. Is it cool? And this is why I always tell people like I I work in branding and, 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 and marketing and, and content creation and all that stuff, so um I always tell people like if you're thirteen to twenty five, you are within the realm of people that can tell me what's cool right you know if you're outside of that, then you know chances are that you don't understand it yet, or that you are a little bit disconnected from because like life goes on, so you know, I right. can't pretend to tell. You know, a teenager—that's something's cool. But I can tell that the teenager can tell me that something's cool. You know, it's it's been like that all the time. Um, it trends on, on on in life, in you know, from the moment from even before we had the internet, um, it's always been based on. And this is why in 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 films and in TV, there's always you know the younger characters that you know have kind of like a principal role in. You know, in 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 the TV shows, and because this is you know, it's what dictates it. They 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 move the needle to where because they're they're the biggest influencers in a way. You know, the parents do and act based on their child's needs, right? So, right.
1: you know, but they're the ones know. more likely to buy the candy bar because they saw the commercial for it than the adults.
0: Exactly, and 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 it's funny because Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that, and, and he's like you know, the, the biggest buying power is the mom, right? But the biggest influencer is a 14-year-old daughter. Right. So if you are a marketer, that's your target audience, the 14-year-old girl. Because chances are that the, that the mom is gonna buy what the girl wants or what the right. 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 13-year-old boy wants.
1: I think so, I remember hearing once that the movie for the 14-year-old girl is the best investment because there you get two tickets. Exactly. with the candy with the candy bar, the mom will buy it for the fourteen year old with the with the movie the mom's going to go with the fourteen year old
0: yeah so it's um, it, it, it is um it is something and I, I i I really appreciate the the work that you do and i I, I think i'm going to commend you throughout the entire episode um because um I do believe that there is um a big merit, and uh, we forget that you know, hormones and and sexual development plays such a big role as we grow older. Um, cool. and and right now there is a, there is a big boom of kids that are uh disrupting um, industries even because they are realizing like we, we we take for granted how smart children are especially today especially how technologically advanced they are um I mean, I, I have a an 11 year old nephew who can, you know, teach me everything I need to know about technology, like um, and like how social media works, and I all these things like you know, um, working certain tools online. The kid can code and do things, and and this is um, um, actually uh, our co-producers' um, little brothers are magnificently advanced in technology and uh they the um they have this um you know children have disabilities that that we take for granted today and and they're they're going to disrupt and the industries are going to change and the way that we make money is going to change so if these kids are you know going after what they want today and trying to figure out what the next 10 years of their life is going to look like because sadly the world moves faster and so it does for them so growing up becomes more challenging because now as a 15 year old you start you got to start thinking as if you know when you and i were 20. so it's right. like you know we take like a, a, a five-year gap in here so like I, I don't remember thinking about my future at a high level when i was 15. but I. Do but you're raising a
1: perfect point you're, you're raising a very very good point and you don't even realize it we tend to think that if a person knows a so then they automatically know b yeah that's just a general thought process like oh he's speaking to me about software, he must know about hardware. Or this person's a doctor, even though they know the ear, maybe they know the foot as well. And I'd rather speak to an ear doctor about my foot problem than just a stranger. Because We tend to think that when a person has a certain amount of knowledge, they have more knowledge as well that I could tap into. And that's just how the mind is work, works in general. Yeah. Now, you're now talking about how these kids are so much smarter now and they could do things in terms of coding and they're so technologically advanced. So now people are thinking they're also socially smart.
0: That's where I was going to, like that's where the problem is because sometimes then you get the child that's so advanced and has such a good talent that the dad or the mom says, okay, well go ahead and do something with it. And the kid does. And then there's other people on the outside that come and say, well, you're just a kid. I, why should I take you seriously? And that has an effect mentally, socially, that that we don't realize that we are because also like fear plays a role, I think, in, in society. And I think like that threat that someone might be better than you and much younger than you scares the hell out of people. And I'm I'm more welcoming than anyone. Like I I I I think for the last five to seven years, <clears throat> I have exclusively surrounded myself with younger people than me. Because I realize that technology is growing faster and they understand it better. So I'm if I want to stay relevant in what I do, I need to I need to make sure that that I do that. You know, that I stay that I stay with people that are, you know, moving the needle forward. You know? Sadly, I, someone 50 or 60 is not gonna give me the same value, there is value in what they do and the knowledge that they have, but in experiences,
1: but you're, you're, you're getting to a different area also, which is something that I've spoken to, to different people about, I, I wrote about, though, albeit I didn't expect it to, to come up now in the topic of bullying. Yeah. And one of the, one of the issues is, in my opinion, is that we try so much and rightly so to educate people, to be nice and to be welcoming and trying to create safe havens for everybody that you sort of lose the vaccination that you have. That when you do go out in the real world, and the real world is mean, and the real world is harsh, that you're not as prepared to deal with the backlash because we try to protect you from it all the time. And it's your classic example of that which didn't kill me only makes me stronger. Because the idea of a a vaccine is you give a, a person a very, very tiny amount of the illness with the hope that the body will will defeat it and create an immunity to it. And if the person never receives that vaccine, then they no longer have the immunity. And when they get, um, you know, when it reaches them, the, the illness, now they, they don't know how to handle it with their body. So in many ways, that could be the same thing that we try to tell everybody, oh, don't ridicule and be nice. And... You should teach people that. That's very true. And person should learn how to behave. But the, the consequence of that, the backlash of it, is that people aren't as equipped to deal with the negativity as they once were.
0: Yeah. No, that's... Um, it, it, there is a high level of negativity in the... Um, In today's world because competition is at a higher level right right? Uh, in every aspect of life so with competition being so high you know people are always going to say okay how do i how do i get this person to to feel bad about what they're doing so that i can do the same thing and take advantage of like loosen them in the process so like it's uh, it's not just the negativity from the people that say no you can't do this or you can't do that but it's also the negativity of the people that might be jealous of what you're doing and want to do what you do the same in the same way but take you out so it's like it's 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 it's, it's such a such a bad um level of influence so that we need to we we really do need to um i feel like give voice to to people to say okay embrace yourself embrace your like i always tell people embrace your weirdness, like. Don't be normal. Like normal is boring. Normal is like, no, I I, I even think like, and I hate using this word, um, uh, abnormal, but normal is abnormal. The weirder you are, the more unique that makes you. And uniqueness is something that we always just strive for because we are unique as human beings. Right. Naturally speaking, I don't even know that's if that's a word. Um, and I I'm a, and I'm a scientist, but, um, but naturally speaking, like we are unique. Our DNA is unique.
1: Our fingerprints so are unique. I heard a a different line that that really really got to me. I heard this from Jimmy Volvano, who okay. was, was Jimmy V, who's the coach of yeah. uh, NC State when they had that amazing uh, yeah. miraculous run. So you know, and he he got up once and he said that he heard this once from a priest. Now Jimmy V was born in Queens. And as he said, you know, the Italian guy growing up in New York City, you know, the world revolves around me. Who are you to tell me? I'm nothing. Yeah. And, you know, he says this himself about himself. And he says, he heard words from a priest once that changed his life. And he says, thank God. You know, God loves ordinary people. That's why there are so many of, of, of them. And he goes, who are you calling me ordinary? Why am I saying I'm ordinary? And then he said, the, the priest got up and he says, and every day ordinary people do extraordinary things. You don't need to view yourself as special to do something amazing. You can still view yourself as ordinary, but that doesn't stop you from doing something amazing.
0: Well, the impossible happens every day. We just have to believe enough for it to happen.
1: Right. But the question is, what are you doing? And he says, you could be ordinary and still do something extraordinary. You don't need to view yourself as different to go out and do something different. You could even be ordinary and do something extraordinary.
0: Absolutely. And that, I mean, I, I'm a hundred percent behind that. Let me ask you a question. Your line of work uh, and what you do, how does, how does um, mental health play, play a role in, in in the prevention side of, um, you know, helping parents and helping kids, um, you know, be mindful of the dangers that could be from, you know, out there from sexual predators and from you know child abuse and, and
1: sexual abuse in children. So when people think of mental health, they tend to think of the results of it. So it's a very good question. Because people tend to think of, oh, what are the mental health difficulties a person will have after the fact? Or what will the things that'll happen, you know, to the family afterwards? Or what does this person who is doing it suffer from? So, first of all, in terms of mental health, a person needs to understand. It's very good, I think, for everybody to understand some of the basics of narcissism and also to some level of how sociopaths work because very often you're going to be working... The the predator has some level of those aspects within them. So you will get the, the gaslighting. They will try to convince you when you try to end a relationship because very often these relationships are not, oh, I have a target, let me jump on the target. It's building a relationship with manipulation. It's called grooming. So that how do you recognize a target? How do you make sure that this is a target that you can get away with? Will not get you in trouble and you could have some level of control because for the most part, it's about control. And when you recognize these things, so first of all, you are more apt as to how to spot it. And second of all, you also can go into it knowing what will happen when you try to break the relationship. So if you have a basketball coach that you're afraid is grooming your child and you wanna pull the kid off the team because you think that's the best thing. And the the, you start hearing, oh, you're overreacting. Oh, he's such a good player. Why are you stunting his growth? And now the blame is being shifted from the coach to the parent. The parent goes in knowing that that's going to be the response now you know how to deal with it. the parent that goes in, is going to be shocked. Maybe the parent can end up getting manipulated to changing their stance and letting the kid be on the team. So on those two levels, in terms of narcissism and levels of sociopath, which is just the general feeling no pain, and you're dealing with somebody who, as much as they say they care, really doesn't care, and it's all about themselves and using the people around them as, as a tool for them to the point that they have no feelings for anybody else. When you could recognize that and see the signs of it, now you know how to have a better game plan because it's one thing to go into a game when you don't know your opponent. It's another thing when, you have, when you've scouted your opponent beforehand and you go into a game. It's the same thing here. Hmm. It won't be easy. It'll be difficult, but you're not going in blindly. So that's where I would say to start with.
0: That's a, That's a, uh, I mean, I love the way you're Phrasing this because I'm all into sports and um, um, I gotta like I always tell people that I live my life as a football game, um,
1: soccer know, or uh, American football.
0: American football. I think it's the okay. I think it's the most strategic game of all.
1: Um, yes. Rest in peace, the New England Patriots dynasty.
0: Not yet. Let's not even go there because I am a Pats fan. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going there yet. <laughs>
1: I've actually, I've actually, I was actually with Tom Brady when he came to Israel. I actually saw oh, Tom Brady. Really? Oh, I awesome. met, I've met, I met Bob Kraft. I met his late wife, sweet as anything. Oh my so God. There.
0: I mean, that's, uh, um, that's amazing. Uh, we can, you know, this is, this could take a turn. So, um. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, um, I remember, I remember not, not, not understanding the game and, and finally understanding it and realizing that. It's all about adaptability. Yeah. So, so football is an adaptable situation. Um and, and and it's the reason why I think the Patriots in this way have had success. And I think if you if you live your life understanding situational football, yes, you know, understanding when you have to be strategic enough to handle situations in your life, um, I think that's um I, I don't take myself seriously at all in anything that I do. Um, but I'm really good at what I do. And I understand that, you know, there are moments when, you know, the situation calls for seriousness. So that yeah. gives me the freedom to to be a happy-go-lucky kind of person, uh, to always laugh, smile, to crack jokes, to honestly, like, i think i live whether i'm going through a good or bad situation i live a stress free life
1: and it's because, oh, good for you
0: because it's because i i honestly i understand that sometimes things are going to go wrong some things are going to go bad so it's how to handle the situation every situation has to have a plan but you can't plan for every situation all the time because you don't know how all you have to do is like okay so when that situation presents itself these are the parameters to which i act upon like this is how i do things when things go bad so i don't prepare to, for things to go bad but i know how to handle when they do and and i think that's how they do it in football you know like yeah um next man up exactly for them one fourth and two um you know goal line stands um you know Two minutes left in the. I mean, eight eight and a half minutes left in the game. You're down twenty twenty three points and uh, or twenty five points, and and then you complete the greatest comeback in, in NFL history. So that's situational football. Um, yeah. so those are like, like and and like, to, to me, that was like kind of like the biggest um examples of uh, understanding adaptability and change, um and and understanding like you said, um, your opponent and being prepared to something. In, 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 that, in that game with Atlanta, um, Bill Belichick understood that that was a high-flying offense, but that they couldn't really, you know, that they, they were averaging about 60 plays a game. So he made them play 90 on offense. Right. And he got them tired because the 60, that's all they knew. They knew how to withstand 60 plays. So if you get them to 60 plays by halftime, you got the second half all to yourself. So
1: that's what the they greatest, did. The greatest example of a situation of fo- football was when Belichick was the defensive coordinator on Parcells' staff in that Super Bowl against the Bills, Super Bowl Twenty Five. Yes. Where the Bills were the high flying offense, and the the game plan was slow the game, don't give them the ball, constant yep. handoff, 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 and then pass when we need to to get the first down. And I think that third quarter they had the ball like twelve minute drive or something yeah and
0: it's it's it's, it's um you know i i i I've seen that game on tape um because it's 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 such a great reference as well for that like I've studied the game of football really you know at a high level and um, um but you yeah, know i think that from for, for, for what you were talking about, I think it does have um you know huge merit to to understand how to treat you know it's prevention it's yeah. it's knowing that you know this is something that the effect of can be so detrimental to not only you as a parent because you're seeing your child suffer but to, to the mental state of a young person and uh, yeah. and and i think I think you know you the approach you're taking, you know, it's it's great. And I and I hope that eventually we don't have to, you know, we can go into the, the the side of you know sexual predators, um, but I hope that we don't ever have to deal with that. Um I know that you know in a perfect world we won't have it, but you know, nothing is perfect. So um there'll be there. So if we are better prepared, if we have more people like you that are preparing parents and kids. As well to understand signs that these people you know use um to to you know to harm and hurt like i it it just breaks my heart Um, um but also so we don't have to worry about hiding how things affect us i think that i think most children Today are a little bit more comfortable with with uh, expressing their emotions, and you know if there's someone out there that can listen, that they will express and let them their feelings out. Um, but in order to get there, we need to make sure that we as adults play a role so that we don't stigmatize feelings and 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 and, 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 and and the talk about mental health because i I hear it still like you know um, you know talking about your mental health is that's, that's a that's um
1: you're making yourself vulnerable yeah, it's like, you're vulnerable
0: um, it's a yeah exactly and it's it's weak and it's uh if you talk about and 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 it's a fa- trend, it's, it's a trend it's uh it's, it's a thing now, like, oh, we always talk about mental health and like, oh, you're so fragile. No, we've always been fragile. We just been taught wrong to be tough and hide oh. it. And it's just not right. Like I, I literally, like right under here, my emotions are right there, right on my sleeve. I, I cry whenever, um, whenever I want to cry. I feel emotions and I express them whenever I want to. Um, I've never been afraid of someone saying, oh, you know, such a girl, you know, like putting me down for for being emotional. I don't, like, honestly, that's your, like I always tell people, your, your thoughts and opinions of me are your problem. I don't have anything to do with that. And I think mm. if we teach people that, we can prevent, you know, predators from like, um, attacking kids because the kids won't, you know, have this, need to feel influenced or feel impressed by I that. I don't know if I agree
1: with that. I don't know if I agree with that because it, it's conflicting for the child because on yeah. the one hand, they're getting the attention and some of them might feel, feel good because, you know, a 14-year-old boy, I mean, who doesn't have raging hormones in that age? <laughs> so... It's another same. It, right? So it becomes a lot of conflicting. I don't know type of a thought. Yeah. And on top of it, they tend to feel. And I write about this in my first ever article, which is something that's bugging me forever. You feel like you failed your parents. You told me not to, and I did. Whatever the circumstances are. Yeah. Well, no, you that's told point. You you told me not to, and I did. And now I need to come and say, I didn't listen to you. I didn't follow what you told me. And we're living in such a, a, a woke society that when you say something, people automatically jump to a conclusion that is not fair. And the conclusion tends to be is, if I could have done something to prevent it, and I didn't, Therefore, it must be my fault. And if something's not my fault, then it means there was nothing I could have done to prevent it. And that's the way many people think nowadays. Yeah. And I don't blame if, if, a, if a girl or guy went to a party and drank a drink that was given to them and it was laced with a, with a date rape drug and they suffered the consequences of that. It's not their fault. Nevertheless, it's good advice not to take a drink that somebody else poured for you, the you didn't see being poured. The two are not contradictory. People tend to think, oh, if I drank it, it's my fault. And oh, if it's not your fault, then why are you telling the girls not to take the drink? The two are mutually exclusive. And I compare it to um, car theft in, in one of my articles. The fact that I didn't lock my doors to my car doesn't mean the person's any more or less guilty of stealing the car. A judge will not look at the person and say, well, because the car was unlocked, you're more at fault. No, it's the same amount. But nevertheless, you want to make it as difficult as possible for the person to to succeed
0: at what they're doing.
1: A lack of prevention does not equal fault. And people think that lack of prevention equals fault. Lack of prevention does not equal fault. There is prevention and there is fault, and they are two separate things. That's that being said, try your hardest to put in as much prevention as possible.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, that that kind of makes me think of like um, the example that you, you used on the, the date, uh, the date um, the, the rape drug um or date rape or, or whatever they're called um my um I mean I'm 37 years old and if I go out on a night and I my mom, my mom knows she's miles away from where I live um she's all the way in the, in New York and um if um um if I'm going out to a club or something which I normally don't, don't do because I'm not a clubbing person but if I do um She'll always tell me, she's like, remember, don't, don't accept a drink from someone else. You know, I've heard this from her my entire adult life since I started like, you know, going to parties and stuff like that. Um, and, and it's true, like, uh, you know, it's, it's a sign of like, you know, do as much prevention as possible. And, and I, and I, and I like that you disagree with me on my point because it kind of makes me see things differently and understand, um, sometimes, you know, we need that, um, um, and uh, I appreciate you for, for pointing it out and, 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 and stating the disagreement. I, um, um, because it teaches me something new and it, it, it brings light on, on maybe a, a thought process that I didn't really see myself. And um, because, you know, when we talk about all this stuff when we talk about mental health and we talked about, you know, protecting children and it's, um, it's not black and white.
1: That's no, not. It's
0: for lack of a better reference, it's a bunch of fifty shades of grapes. Yeah. You know, it's it's crazy. Um, and and it is like, you know, we we still have the the parents out there that you know the thought of their 14 year old daughter losing their virginity freaks them out but hey if the sun does it (laughs) that's a high five and i still feel like if you're 14 losing your virginity whether you're a boy or a girl that's not necessarily a good or bad thing it could be good and it could be really really bad based on how it happens um and and i think that you know if we if we condone and we promote you know for our sons to you know become sexually active and like you know try to get the girl that opens them up to a world of predators out there because you know we got to remember something like a boy can be um manipulated for by both a man or a woman and You never like we've heard so many cases of like uh, middle school teachers that are females. That I remember that one in in the U.S. is this almost 27 sleeping with a 14 year old student.
1: Like, yeah, and and that that's a very complicated situation on many levels. There was one, I, I almost threw up on this. The you know, the teacher was married and obviously she she lost her husband after this, and was given a restraining order from the kid and was kept, found again in the car. With Steam's Windows with the kid. And eventually the, the, the woman went to jail. Yeah. For it. When the kid became 18 and the woman was out of jail, they married. Yeah. And they were interviewing the, the teacher's coworkers. Oh, she's so happy now, it's so amazing. And I'm I'm looking, I said, I, I realize this kid is is now an adult based upon the legal yeah. sense. He's a victim and he's still suffering.
0: Yeah, we don't know and the that,
1: manipulation went that far that like this is where he's living his life now and how he's living in his life now.
0: And I, look, and all I can say to that is like, I hope for the sake of, you know, um, for the sake of keeping a positive mindset, I hope that 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 is a good thing and that it's not a bad thing. I hope that he's living this life and that, that this is his reality in a good way and not in a bad way, because we don't know necessarily, um, you know, unless we do like a psychological analysis on on, on this person, whether it's good or bad. Um, and this is what I was saying, like whether you lose your virginity at a, at a at a young age to an older person or a younger person, doesn't necessarily have to have a, a good or bad effect. What we have to do is understand that it shouldn't happen without consent and it shouldn't happen um, with abuse. And, um, I think, um, Matt,
1: I need to stop you with that because you're in a mindset now where you said it shouldn't happen without consent and shouldn't happen with abuse. A 14 year old can't give consent. And. I'm saying that because people tend to write, Oh, you know, he, he raped and referring to his physical, it can be manipulation and emotional.
0: Yeah, no. It doesn't it, need it, to be
1: physical coercion. And the legal, the legally states. and, you know, we want to talk about things being gray. We can get into that afterwards. That if the person is over a certain age, if, if one partner, depending on, you know, the age difference, every state is different yeah. in America. Let's say, according to everybody, 25-year-old and a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old. That's, That's illegal.
0: That's illegal, yeah.
1: Okay. Other places, it's a little bit questionable whether you have a nineteen and a, and a sixteen, whether that's legal or not. Yeah. But whether they went willingly, quote willingly or unwillingly, it's illegal and it's viewed as coercion.
0: Yeah, you know, and, I, and it's like, and like, like I said before, like it's the, the 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 gray shades of like everything, like because for me is um, like I think about it from. And we need to be very mindful of this as well, because um, I go back to that, to that, to that potential parent that, you know, will celebrate his son's um, so-called achievement of losing his virginity yeah. at a young age. Um, and and I think that, and we also make the mistake of, for example, I like, think, like I thought of it this way when I was younger, when I first heard about this case, I, um, you know, I was like in my twenties, I think, and I I made the mistake of thinking like, yeah, because the 14-year-old boy is gonna complain. You know, a hot 27-year-old teacher, you know, giving him attention. And and then I forget that I was that age too, and how impress impressionable we are and how weak we are from because- from our hormones, our hormones control like we are so chemically imbalanced when we're teenagers. it's not even funny like we talk about being fucked up that is the highest level of um because like our like our brain and our hormones are completely in disconnect, and like things are just so unbalanced that um that you know uh the reactions could be differently, and some kids you know don't feel the need at that age to to be sexually active some do and when you get the attention like you said portion of like you know the person um that could become and and as a boy you kind of thought to be you know men and that you know sex is good and that this is that and you know but as a girl you're taught differently because you know if you get pregnant uh, as a teenager that's bad or if uh, or or you know like you know girls don't do that, girls don't have sex when they're young, and like how
1: many adults thought that that kid was so
0: cool or envious of that kid? yeah, exactly like like i I was guilty of that, but I think of the same like if that was my son, I would be this probably the same reaction of the parents complete panic, you know and complete the you know not panic but like rage and and you know I would want to put that person in jail too right um but it's um yeah, it's uh, it's, it's such a it's, it's such a moral um vacuum. <laughs> yeah, like I yeah, that's like I, I think that's like the, the best part of that. Uh let, let, let's let's go even deeper. So it's a moral black hole. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's uh it's it's really it's crazy because like I feel like like, we, we forget, and I, I saw this TikTok uh, yesterday um, from a 16 from year old kid um, talking about having been molested as a child when he was younger by a member of his family. And uh, um, I don't know the validity of what he was talking about yet because like his profile says um, that, um, that everything he says is a joke. But if that is true, because the message that he gives out is really powerful you know, he's talking to people and said, you know, let's stop saying that boys don't have, that don't suffer from this, you know, from sexual abuse. And, and to me, that was, um, you know, that it was, I, I even um, texted it to Ellie, our co-producer, to say, hey, listen, let's find out how valid this is, because based on the conversation I will have with, with you today, I would love to have a follow-up on the show on that topic. Um, because if that is true then you know he's giving a voice to other young people that are suffering and saying it is okay to speak up and it is okay to say that that you were you know molested because you know they think that boys don't suffer because they're boys and and a lot of people still make that mistake and I this is kind of like I wanted to bring that point up um, you know at some point today because I how do you see this in the work that you do? How do you, how, do you, uh, how do you guys, like, how often do you see the fact that because it's a boy, you know, the feelings are different and that, uh, you know, they're not really meant to suffer or whatever, because like, they're stronger?
1: Well, I think it depends on who the, who the perpetrator is. Okay. If it's another male, then it changes everything for okay. most of the boys. If the perpetrator is a female, then that's the case that you're mentioning, which I really haven't experienced much firsthand with my clients. So in that regard, I can't really answer that other than from the news stories that that I've heard. Um, Can I ask that we just take a a two minute break, like a one minute break? Yeah, sure. Okay, so give me one sec. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. That's just okay. Um but I mean there there's so many things that go into I don't want to say being a victim, but you know, the things that the victims struggle with, and at least initially, before everything else really kicks in, you know, in terms of the PTSD and the results of it. So you have the general how people tend to blame the victim, which creates a very fear of coming forward. Very often, perpetrators have built a name for themselves within the community. So that, oh, why would you believe them? So for example, when you had the the Sandusky, when you had the Nasser, when you had even Michael Jackson, uh, so people started saying, oh, they must just want their money. They must just be jealous because we don't want to believe it. A, so we tend to shift the blame the other side because we can't have a, a world where they're both right. Yeah. So one side needs to be right, one side needs to be wrong. And then you see all the wonderful things, and he did some amazing things, Sandowski, in terms of in his community. But that's all part of the manipulation and part of the grooming. It's not just the victims that they groomed the parents, the society, society, because why should we believe them? Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe this 11-year-old? Or are you going to believe me? Do you see what I do for everybody? I'm righteous. And then they try to pick somebody who won't get them in trouble. They're they're smart. They don't, very often they will go after somebody who can't get them in trouble. So now some people are just, they're built that way. They can't get you in trouble. An illegal alien. person who's in the U.S. illegally. Do you know how hard it is for them to come forward, especially in certain states where they're, they're, they'll they throw you out right away if you come forward? I mean, they're, they're just walking targets, unfortunately, for certain people because they know this is a person that can't get me in trouble. Won't I, uh, get me in trouble.
0: I have a kind of firsthand... Um um, you know, story on that um my aunt had just moved to the states, and she was in the process of like you know doing all her you know legal paperwork and um she came here with a she came to the states with a you know with a tourist visa and you know she was immigrating in the bad situation in venezuela, and she was you know applying for you know work visas and stuff like that, so right. she had um you know some time to stay and in the process of doing that. Um, as she was walking to her car from the grocery store, she got attacked by a rapist who tried to rape her in her car and And, you know, thankfully, she was able to fend him off and and the guy ran away. But you know, like at that moment when when we thought about it, it it made no sense to come forward because she's like, what if they, you know, what if this ruins my, you yeah. know, opportunity? So what if this, you know, but, you know, uh, we decided to get some legal you know, advice and you know, eventually actually worked out in her favor because like that led her
1: to her citizenship. Yeah, but if she was in New York or California, that's more likely to help her yeah. than say if she was in Alabama or Mississippi. Exactly. exactly. And so, it's like,
0: it, but it's, like, it's the fear that, that comes with, Right. You know, when do we say things and and how do we,
1: um, and that. What do, you, what do you do when it's, it's your boss and you will get fired? Or your teacher. The teacher is a little bit, a little bit different, but let's say it's the parent's boss who did something to the mm-hmm. child. So now the boss would say he, I, he wasn't behaving. He was afraid of getting fired. Therefore he's decided to be preemptive and make, you know, come up with some sort of a story and you know if you come forward you're going to lose your job yeah and that's why unfortunately when you look at the statistics it's you talk about children from single parent homes are more or more likely than from both parent homes because the inbuilt a because how much you need to rely upon other people when you're a single parent you tend to need to rely on the help of others more yeah when you rely on the help of others more unfortunately Somebody but can take advantage, desire. and two, there's more. There are more situations to be manipulated into things. Yeah. Nobody would say, "Hi, if I gave you five thousand dollars, could I have your daughter?" Most people would say, "No." But Now that they've already given you the five thousand dollars, or you think you're getting it, and you found that I did this, are you going to continue working a month for your five thousand dollars, or are you gonna? pass the five thousand dollars away and come forward to report people think differently in those two situations logically it shouldn't make sense when you and i are talking about it but when you're in that situation the money that you have or at least the money that you view as getting you view very differently as money that somebody is offering you that you don't have
0: and like it's uh it's it's uh it's what do you call it it's a is it is a sign of you know why what is so important to for us to continuously take care of ourselves here yeah. in our brain and mentally because um, you know those situations can present themselves and if we are not strong enough we can make the you know the mistake or 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 do something that you know potentially we will regret and then we don't have a way out Right. And um, and 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 it goes into into that. Um, listen, I, um, you know, we're kind of running out of time here, but um, I I want to say thank you um, for for your time today um, and for for really li- like diving into this topic that's so so difficult sometimes to to speak of. But um, thank you for that giving me a to, voice.
1: I just ask people to give me a voice.
0: Yeah, because you know, and I and I, and I and I and I love doing this because I I think a like you know, our focus is mental health and talented people, but, you know, these kids out there that are that are becoming talented or that are developing a talent or even older people like that are, you know, going through things need to hear these things because sometimes in the process, like if you're a parent who, who's, you know, developing a business and, you know, you're raising kids at the same time and, and your business takes 70% of your time, so you only have 30% for your family, because you have to rely on your wife more or whatever, or if you're a single parent, like again, it, it just makes it even more difficult. Um, right. These are all, all the things that that combine and and, and and this is such a topic that that sometimes we, we tend to forget about because we you know it's either stigmatized or it's either an afterthought because you don't you know we don't want to think that our children are at risk of you know something like this. And yeah. the crude and sad reality of it is that they are. That will continue to to, to happen um, because I guess it's part of life. But we need to be, like you said, the the more preventive that we are, the better that it will be. Um, there's not enough prevention, and uh, and that this is why I decided to, you know, to give you a voice. And and when we looked at um, you know a, a potential guest for this for the for the show. I said, okay. We, these are people that I want to talk to. These are people that I, you know, because I, I, eventually want to be able to, not just, you know, I want people to understand that mental health has different layers, and that uh, there are many, many different things that can have a huge effect on, on, on how our 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 most important part of our health, you know, um, is, is, it, it's, you know. Um, our, you know, our heart and our liver, they kind of like keep us alive, right? Yeah. But our brain is literally the most powerful thing because it makes everything function, right. and and we, if we don't take care of it, and if we continue to stigmatize the care for it, um, I don't know where we'll go. And and and. Um, I, I, again, I want to say thank you. Um, I'm kind of moved by this episode and I, I, I think it's probably um, one, of the, one of the episodes with most value that I've done. And I, I just
1: want to say thank you for being on the show. I'd just like to add one more thing before, before yeah. we leave, because there's one thing I feel I didn't say. One thing that I tell parents, and you know what, you could do this with employees too if you, if you really have the, the strength to do it, that you need to create something called a communication safe zone which means sometimes and I've done this with my kids, I pull them aside. I said, listen, you know something's bothering you. You have to tell me what's bothering you. Nothing you say now can get you into trouble. And if you remove that fear of, you know, getting in trouble and the fear, the response that they're afraid of what they're going to get, very often you can get the truth.
0: And, I agree with that 100% because I think that you know, we, we tend to, to to tell our children when we're trying to discipline that if they make a mistake, that means that they're going to get in trouble. And it doesn't really mean that. It means that it's, a, it's an opportunity for them to learn something and for us to learn about what they're going through.
1: Unfortunately, children and employees too tend to try to give the answer they think the person wants to hear. Yeah. As opposed to the truth. And if you're able to get past that, and one of the ways of doing that is by saying, right now, I need to know what's going on. You won't be punished. Nothing will happen. Just so long as you're saying the truth. Then things can come out and you try to, to get to the causes of what's going on. Now, if they're upset because they took a rock and they broke a car window and they're afraid of what's going to happen, well, paying back for a window is not a punishment. That's mm-hmm. just making things right. It's a
0: learning experience.
1: It's a learning experience. And okay, we're going to go over, we're going to apologize, we're going to pay for the window, you're not going to pay one cent more than you owe. And that's not a punishment. So it's not like they get a blank slate for, for saying yeah. anything. But anything on top of that, they're not going to get grounded, they're not going to get...
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, okay, this is cost and effect. Yeah. This is what you do, or this is
1: all of your action we call, we call it in the Talmud language, you call the principle and the, and the fine. Yeah, so you have to pay the principal, but there's no fine involved.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, my background is in science, so yeah, I okay. think of the. Uh, yeah. I went to school for physics,
1: so. Uh, okay. <laughs> but if you're able to create that, and if you're a boss who could do that, all the power to you, because yeah. most bosses don't have the the power to do that. Yeah, and 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 the guts and and the too much of an ego and and the fear. And unfortunately, the employees won't trust the boss saying that. But if you can, at least on a parenting level, to create that, now you've created open dialogue. And open dialogue is really what you really need. And is the number one thing to prevent. Because if you have an open dialogue with your kid, and a perpetrator knows that, they're not going for your kid. Because 99 out of 100 times, at least, they will not go for somebody who's going to get them in trouble. Yeah, They're going for somebody who's not getting them in trouble. So the main key is to work on making your child less of a potential target. Listen, if a, if a car thief wants your car, he'll take your car. No matter how many clubs or boots or whatever you put on it, he'll get your car. Unfortunately, most car thieves don't specifically want your car. They'll just take any car. Yeah. So that's the same thing here with, the child prevention and one of the main things you need to do is create open dialogue and have the ability of creating a safe zone and you cannot violate that you cannot turn around and then punish the kid for that afterwards because if you lose your word with your kids they lose everything with you that's uh just i live near the prime minister's house so uh that's a caravan taking him to wherever he needs to go You hear their sirens now
0: let's end it right here i really appreciate you and i, I really like that i gave you all the- right Say that, that, that last
1: point. From, from, from one New Yorker to another, it's been a pleasure.
0: I, absolutely, man. For New Yorkers outside of New York.